2020 is the year of the podcast. Much like 2019, 2018, 2017 and 2016. We made our first branded podcast in 2005, but no one was listening back then. Then they came back around 2014 and now they're huge. Everybody seems to want one. But how do you actually create a good podcast and how do you make sure it works? Welcome to Fresh Ears from Fresh Air Production. I'm Neil Cowling, the founder of Fresh Air, and in this series, we deconstruct a branded podcast project to see what we and you can learn from it. We speak to the client and the producer to talk through how it all came together. And today, we're going to talk about one of the most unusual podcasts we've made. Partly because each episode is only a few minutes long, partly because some episodes are aimed at children, and partly because some of them are in French. It's Zendium's Two Minutes of Zen. My name is Steph Ellswood and I am a food lover, dancer and personal trainer. Today we will spend two minutes exploring how you can add strength training into your brushing routine to strengthen your mouth, your mind and your body. After all, it's a simple way of making your two minutes of brushing even more valuable. A quick and easy way to strength train your body and mouth is to do a wall sit as you brush. This type of exercise will improve circulation, not just to your lower body, but also to your mouth too. So why would a podcast be of interest to a toothpaste brand? And what can you possibly engage people with for two minutes? So I'm joined by Paul Bartley, the Global Marketing Director at Unilever, who are the parent company for Zendium, and Alex Kenning, the producer for the project here at Fresh Air. I should also say that for the first part of the project, I produced it myself, so I'll get involved here as well. Pow, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Can you start by explaining what Zendium is, please? Um, Zendium is a, is a brand that does uh, mouth health products, so toothpaste, toothbrushes, mouthwash, um, which has been actually running in Scandinavia for decades, uh, but it's not that known outside until now. Um, it leverages um, one thing which is very, very interesting, which is the microbiome science to develop products which are actually effective for having a healthy mouth, but do it in a way that then respects and boosts your, your good microbiome in mouth. And that is instead of actually sterilizing, which is something which perpetuates a weakness in your mouth. So it's a natural action. It works rebalancing and reinforcing basically your saliva, which is your first body line of defense in the mouth. And for us as a marketing team, it's almost a, a diamond in the rough or a marketeer to get it out there and, and explain it to um, to other countries. And so it, is it it's important for you coming into the UK to explain the whole concept behind the toothpaste, not, you know, that's your point of difference, I guess, rather than just saying it's another toothpaste in the market. Exactly, exactly. So um, we, we use many, many times the word purpose um, in our organization. Um, but at the end, basically, is what, why the brand exists. And, and the brand in, in particular, Zendium, exists to bring this well-being and health through actually balancing your body rather than fighting against it. And so um, that's what we try to communicate in every single point uh, that we use. Where does the concept of Zen come from? Again, is that sort of core part of the the brand purpose? Is it just a, a good play on the name of Zendium? How does that work? Well, of course, it's a, it's a good play on the name. Um, um, we're happy to, to, to start with, with Zen. But again, Zen is a, is a concept of balancing, um, which works very well, actually, with product and the product truth, how it works. 
and also with what interests um, do people have that actually we can step in as a brand and and talk about. So we talk about balancing your health, balancing your body to be to be stronger, to boost um, your natural defenses. All that is encompassed on on a, on a notion of balancing or, or or zen in this in this case to make it more catchy. So I should explain to as best I can to the listeners what the concept of the podcast is of two minutes of zen. In essence, this is a podcast that you listen to whilst brushing your teeth. It's only a, a couple of minutes long. Um, the original series was presented by health influencers or health experts in different types of, of activity from yoga through to sort of general mental wellness and the idea was that you take this dead time essentially for where you're brushing your teeth where you would otherwise be staring at the mirror or whatever you do while you're brushing your teeth uh, and you take that de- you take that dead time to learn something or do an exercise or have some sort of moment of uh, mindfulness, that sort of thing that that can otherwise occupy that time. And, and and I guess my understanding of it from when you first approached us was that you felt that podcasting worked well because your ears are sort of free at that point. It's a way of engaging people when they would otherwise just be doing nothing other than brushing their teeth. Exactly. It's a do nothing moment. Um, and sometimes um, brushing teeth actually is penalized by that because it's actually a chore many times. And we thought that bringing some, uh, some content that uh, you could play alongside it could actually improve a healthy habit, which is for you brushing your teeth. And uh, by doing so also, it can help us as a brand to talk about the things that matter to us. Again, how you can um, live healthier, how you can balance your own body and your, your health. And that was the the whole intent behind two minutes of of Zen. Was there a moment, because I I get the impression there are a lot of sort of marketing brainstorms going on at the moment where somebody says, let's have a podcast as a sort of, you know, throw an idea at the wall. Was there a moment where you suddenly came up with the idea of the podcast where someone suggested it? Well, actually, um, as many many things in marketing starts by, by trying, not that we woke up one day and said, yeah, podcast is the thing. It's really the effort of, of um, the Zendio marketing team in this case. They were curious um, to try new formats, channels that are a bit less cluttered than uh, traditional um, channels that would be for us social, um, Instagram, uh, Facebook feeds. And instead, I realized that uh, there is people out there talking about um, about what matters to us, which is, again, this, uh, this Zen or this balancing your, your health, how you can strengthen your body, and that we could collaborate. And one of these collaborations in particular was with Dr. Chatterjee, which happens to have a very successful uh, podcast now. And we started um, years ago with him, with uh, his own podcast. We realized that... This was a very good channel for what we needed, which is um, we got a, a very special message about your, you know, balancing your your health, balancing your microbiome, how microbiome is important in your health, and how mouth connects with your overall body health. And instead of using channels which are very very fast paced, very cluttered, we felt that instead podcast was uh, was allowing us more freedom or depth of of the of, of connection with uh, with the audience and uh, and that was definitely the uh, the choice then then from that first initial test that was uh, successful we said 
that's an interesting um, space. That's an interesting channel. And uh, alongside communicating and using, um, as you call them, experts or influencers within the space, it's also good that we start creating our own content, which in this case, fitting into the moment of brushing, we felt it was easier than just um, speaking out there for um, and competing with the very good people that, that has podcast channels right now. And I remember you giving those influencers and those experts pretty much free reign, really. You, you, you said... It needs to fit into two minutes, and we give them we gave them a bit of a brief. And I remember there being, you know, we want to do balance, and we want to do microbiome, and we want to do mindfulness, and we picked experts who were big in those fields. But essentially, you gave those talent two minutes to do whatever they liked with, really, didn't you? Yes, um, that was uh, essential in the brief. I think um, well, first of all, a good brief is always short and very clear, and in this case, that it links to what the brand stands for what the brand is interested in and the reason for this brand to exist. You don't have to explain much or like they do a very precise um, brief as you would do with a, with a commercial. Um, that would be completely the um, opposite effect. Um, we were looking for authenticity. We share a common belief with these um, experts and that was enough. Then each one is an expert on its own field and we, we told them, um, do your own interpretation of how you can actually um, do good for your, your health and your body while you're, while you're brushing. And so you did a, a couple of series of essentially adults and, and experts and influencers using those two minutes. And then in the most recent one, you've aimed it at children and we've got two episodes for under sevens one of which is for the morning and one's for the evening and one's for seven to 12 year olds again morning and evening and and any parent knows what a nightmare it is to get kids to brush their teeth so it seems like a great idea to me why did you decide to move from having adult content to content for kids first uh, because of a need um we are um in parallel to this um, to our podcast and our content we are also partnering with NGOs like Children with Cancer in the, in the UK to, to help those um, the, the little ones uh, when they're going through um, very um, intense, um, difficult moments for their health to also keep up with their good oral health, uh, good mouth health. And because of that partnership, we realized that, um, you know, to help kids to brush and to brush well, there is always education needed to be done. And um, education can be a bit boring for kids. So instead, if we played it in a, in a fun way, in a way that, that then they, they learn themselves how to reach all the areas in their mouth, do it in a, in a respectful way with, uh, with their mouths, in a fun way, we can actually improve their habits alongside the work that we do for adults, which of course is more about um, what else can you do with those two minutes that are, are a chore for, for this one is more educational uh, and make it accessible for parents and kids in a moment. Again, if you think about evening brushing, which tends to be the one you skip, it's not a moment that you want to keep, uh, put your kid with a lot of uh, technology in between. So audio and, 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 and voice led content is less intrusive, uh, less time of, of screen for kids uh, compared to other, um, other things that they can do, watching a video. It felt very natural and, and therefore we, we, we said let's expand um, the two minutes of sent into, in, into kids as well. It sounds great. I mean, my just from my 10-year-old, absolutely loved it. And we have all the same normal challenges that any parent has of, of trying to get teeth done. Um, Alex... Kenning is uh, from the Fresh Air team and Alex's job was to 
make this kids content come alive can you it it was about the most sound effect packed piece of work we've ever produced can you just describe it from your point of view alex of how much stuff you you packed in there yeah there was a huge amount of uh sound effects in there i actually spent a long time digging through the wonders of the internet finding these sound effects luckily i wasn't forced to make any of them myself or at one point uh, I was trying to find the right air when someone opens their mouth, and I, I did resort to asking my 13-year-old niece. <laughs> they come in handy, don't they, children, when you when you need a sound effect? They really certainly handy. do. Um, but yeah, it was just about really finding the right sounds for for what we what we were going for. Obviously, some are quite easy, you know, the boing of a bouncing ball, or maybe the sound of a you know the sound of a cat. Although there's lots of different versions of a cat sound. And then um, things which are a bit more difficult to portray, like the sound of there's a bit in the script, which is um, the icky, sticky bits get going um, as you're brushing your teeth. So it was how to portray that kind of imagery. And I went for some footsteps and just, you know, turned it down in volume, basically. So it just sounds like the the, uh, the steps are walking away. So I was able to get quite creative with that. But yeah, certainly uh, very grateful for the internet to, to find all of these sounds. Staying on the top, swap over to the other side. Can you meow like a kitty cat? That helps us reach inside. Brushing our teeth helps stop the garden weeds growing. And a little blob of toothpaste makes sure any sticky, icky bits get going. (laughs) And actually, it's interesting as a creative process because with all podcasts, um, our clients give us a certain amount of creative leeway, I suppose. But with this one, can you describe the script you were given? You were essentially given a script with descriptions of the sound effects that you needed to find but apart from that it was it was left up to you wasn't it it completely was yes yeah. so obviously you know this the script is what what the uh you know Gemma who's who recorded it she she ran through that and we spent quite a quite a long time trying to get that right and amending that just so it sounded natural and then when it came to the creative process around it yeah we had we did have some direction and which was great because I didn't actually speak very much to the client certainly beforehand and it was great that they actually had an idea of what they wanted and then once I sent them that first draft um, essentially they did come back with some really great feedback um, because it, it actually although it looked in the first script there was quite a few sound effects we found there just wasn't actually very many at all in comparison when you actually listen to it so they came back with some more detailed feedback again which I found really useful just because they were clear about what they wanted I mean I'm really pleased with how it came out in the end and I think they are too and Powerhound what constitutes success from something like this Uh, is it is it a direct sales question is it an overall brand awareness brand perception what what role does the podcast play in your overall strategy podcast as a channel has different objectives I would say when we aim to connect directly to to sale, then we we leverage an appearance into a, an existing known popular podcast channel, right? So that would be um, the example of, of of I was saying before with um, with Doctor Chatterjee, and that we see that it has actually very um, very good connection into KPI metrics of of sale, for instance. In this in particular, for two minutes of Zen, it was more about creating a. Um, relevant content that engages with um, with with audience. So we're looking into how many views do we get, um, 
how people is engaging with it. Um, and our, our intention was to develop this hub of content that then we can use it as a source of expertise for the brand. So it's not, um, you know, even if we are a, a known brand and in our case, we're not known and we want to step into a territory which is very rich, like well-being, health, strengthening your health, we need to have these pieces of content that um, bring us credibility out there. That says first, you you know you're, you're an expert on what you talk. You also collaborate with people that know uh, on their field, you, and 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 then you engage with with the audience on that particular field. I think is we are here for a bit of a long term um, game with this type of content, and our KPIs are always more related to um, is that content engaging, is that content uh, building what you what you stand as a brand. And, and does it perform a, a purpose of also bringing you awareness with those influences? I, I suppose when we're approaching people to take part in the adult ones and we're approaching health and, and wellness influences, you're actually building a connection by inviting them to contribute, aren't you? Absolutely. absolutely. And I think that's why internally we we are, I mean, letting go of using the word influencer. We more um, go with the, the one Neil you were talking initially about experts um, and, and partners for us. So um, um, instead of taking a, a short-term uh, view into influencers, that you would use them for a campaign, in particular, here we are with uh, partners um, that we can develop um, a piece of content in the shape of two minutes of Zen, that then we can appear in their own channels, talking about the same uh, about the same topic, which is big enough to to be constantly appearing in 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 different uh, spaces. Uh, we can appear in their channels. We can do a piece of um, communication together as well on other um, channels of our own, uh, like social. And um, and I think that builds that that virtuous circle that then the brand is less intrusive as a piece of advertisement and is understood more as as a brand of trust for their audience, a brand of that is there um, because there is a common belief shared. And so again, like in the two minutes of Zen, like on all these activities, we are more thinking. Uh, long-term partnerships rather than looking into the short-term return of a specific campaign. So you've done special episodes of someone like Rung and Chatterjee of their podcast itself. You've made your own podcast. The other thing that I know you do is you you place advertising with Acast and you work with Acast so that you you buy brand sponsorships. Uh, do you also buy audio adverts as well with Acast? How does how does your partnership with Acast work? Yes, we, we do all, all these steps that you said. So again, de- depending on what is our marketing objective, if, if we want to do um, reach, um, uh, massive reach, then we buy advertisement spaces within podcasts because we still feel that is a, is a channel where, um, especially for small brands, like in this case, uh, Zendium in the UK, it's a channel that, that is very useful for, um, for these brands to connect in an authentic way with the, with the audience. Even when you do advertisement, it's less cluttered, so you have more chances to, um, to stand out. So definitely with ACAS, we do these and then measure um, what is the million impressions, the millions of impressions that we get 
into their podcasts? Um, how do they um, come back to us as in shape of uh, traffic into our own content? Of course, there's one thing which is easy to do, which is to track the actions that come as a result of your appearance into, into a podcast. So you can track entries into your website, sales of your product, uh, even sales of our products. If we, uh, in this case, we connected it very well with our DTC um, shop. So um, we can give to the different podcasts a, a code. And through that code, we know how many of them are coming from each one of the, of the partners. And there is a second aspect of it, which is the, um, the branded awareness that you get um, out, of, out of those appearances. And there, that is where we, we found um, that it was very empty space. Yes, because the, the channel is very young and also because of uh, the limitations of the audio. But um, we have partnered with our uh, market research team um, even to do some ad hoc research that could prove that for us every time, you know, every, every time we were investing into one of these uh, podcasts together with Acast, we uh, would get um, our brand awareness lifted in, in the audience of the podcast. It's difficult. Um, we did a first attempt uh, because normally we tend to measure that, you know, for, for other channels which are broader. So it's hard to get the people that is actually listening a particular podcast. But through that, um, we got a good experience and we saw that the ones that were more close to, um, in terms of message of what we talk from the brand side and, and again, um, linked to that uh, purpose or share purpose, they were helping us higher on, on brand awareness than, than others. But the measurement is, of course, a challenge. And have you had particular podcast presenters who are, are particularly good for you at those presenter endorsements at those those presenter reads? Yeah, um, not only in the UK. I mean, of course, um, the example of Chatterjee that I said, because naturally he's talking about gut health, um, overall uh, well-being, holistic well-being and, and living better. Uh, but um, every time we found a podcast that, that talks um, about that, I think that's where we, we get the link. Um, we, we also had very good results in Norway and Sweden with, again, uh, podcasts that talk about well-being. And then we see that all the metrics, even click throughs um, after airing uh, into our own uh, channels are, are going higher. When the podcasts become, are a bit more generic, they'll fail uh, a bit, a bit uh, more on this, uh, or they are more about, say, sports uh, only. Then we see that um, we don't get that good connection with metrics like uh, sale, metrics like um, clicks to our, or clicks or visits into our own website and um, and brand lifting. So I mentioned up top that uh, the other thing we did was translate these kids ones into French, which I think is probably something we've not done before. Why France, why the market and why particularly these ones did you, did you think of, of translating them? France is, is another market where we are starting to, um, to launch the brand and um, the content is equally relevant for, for French kids. We do the you know the same activities there, and for us it was it was quite logical to to have it also in French. Of course, it is always a, a challenge because you need to translate it. And we had one idea; it was simple, um, simple translation that would make it available for for French users. And we see that they are already picking it up, and we would love to do that with more content that we have. Alex, how was that from a production point of view? That was um, that was a good one for me personally because I am actually fluent in French. So I'm um, not sure if you knew that before. Uh, I didn't even know that. No, you started that was jamming. 
It was very, very lucky and fortuitous. Um, yeah, for me, that was a good one to do because I can speak French. And uh, in terms of the creative process behind it, the the team had, had actually translated it, the script. So we, you know, we did some work and found a, a really, really great French voiceover artist who recorded the lines and then it wasn't quite as easy as just, you know, replacing the English for French simply because of the timing, you know, some of the phrases, just, you know, the way that they're expressed in French take a little bit longer to, to say than in English. And then also some of the sound effects did also need to be either taken out or just or just switched around because some of the words just didn't translate word for word. I, I mean, I found that quite uh, enjoyable in a strange way. And and have you enjoyed it? Has it been fun? Is it a, is it a something you look forward to as a brand to doing yes yes it, it is um and i think um as marketeers we over i would say the last uh, decade since um you know since tv was king and then um social um came came in um we've always been very very much obsessed with uh, video content and that's absolutely great because it's so versatile in, in ways to engage with audience that of course uh, makes a lot of sense but somehow marketing teams are not that familiar with content which is created to be used as audio um, and listened it was a very good learning curve for the team sometimes we, we we felt that we for instance on even on on the most advertisement pieces we were trying to feed everything because we had 20 seconds and you could say this claim and that claim and that claim and it became like a list of um, eternal list of, you know, old advertisement in TV. And uh, since then, we started curating uh, what is the most important thing to say, to say it also in a way that is engaging. So we're learning a lot to, you know, to meet those um, partners and experts and talk about a, a topic which actually interests both. That for us is much more interesting than, than simply... Um, uh, putting a piece of communication out there um, so definitely we we we're learning and we're enjoying it Alex just back to you for a second because you're you're a audio nut like I am you're a music lover DJ producer everything else what's what do you think the essence of 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 a great branded podcast is for you how does it grab people how does it work um, yeah, I mean, my, my background definitely is, you know, specialist music and being a music producer and a DJ myself. And I'm, I'm, and at the same time, I've always loved radio. So the, the thing about a radio show is that it's so personal, right? And, it you know, you can play the same radio show to 10 different people and it will conjure up 10 different images. I think really what certainly from an audience point of view, I think what makes a great branded podcast is something that's not a sales pitch and something that adds value to the conversation because especially nowadays there's so much out there. So I think something that is going to capture the imagination of a listener and ideally something that hasn't been done before. Power, apart from the, the data that you've got and the, you know, the, the sort of normal marketing tools that you have, what sort of anecdotal feedback have you had on, on the kids one particularly? Because we've got the feeling that suddenly it's persuaded our kids to brush their teeth or at least entertain them while they're doing it. Have you had good anecdotal feedback from people? Well, so so far on this one, um, the anecdotes go more from, from the team, uh, whether if they, um, they used it with their kids. I used it with my own kids and they... Um, they were very, very focused on actually uh, and concentrated. <laughs> I was like impressed. Uh, 
because otherwise they don't stop moving. And for a time, it was like, again, a time of Zen and pause. And they were concentrated on trying, you know, listening, going up and down in the different parts of the of the mouth. So, um, you know, never underestimate the power of a good tail for a kid is the way to keep them, you know, standing and concentrated. It's a good tip for the future. And so to finish off, any advice, any tip, you know, the, for for other marketeers who are listening to this, anyone who's thinking of using podcasts in the way that you guys so enthusiastically have, what tips, what advice would you have for them at this point? I, I would say first, um, if you are thinking and if we talk about our own uh, podcast channel, I would I would definitely think about it rather than a campaign as and something tactical. Uh, think about it as as content um, and a more always on um, mindset. So don't go there tactically. Go there with you know with the intent of um, trying, testing, yes, but building. I would say also as a as an important point, you you need to talk from what what is what is relevant you know for you as a brand from your what we call the purpose, but basically what is the brand essence, what what the brand stands for, and to make it authentic. And again, from there find people that share these uh, beliefs and build authentic content. I think authenticity here is super important because again you're talking about a channel that will compete with a lot of different content. So. It needs to come and be relevant for you as a brand, be relevant for the audience, but be authentic. And in that um, sense, I, I agree with you, Alex, that making it different is, is important. For us, the, the notion of linking it to the brushing moment, um, it was a way to, to make it as well uh, unique. Because otherwise, what is the point of having that channel if you could actually host the, the content somewhere else? So find that nugget that will make it um, stand out a bit. Um, think about it before you, you start. Uh, luckily, in this case, my team got with, with this great idea of the two minutes of Zen, and, and it was a good place to, to position it. Definitely use it alongside the ecosystem of, of content that, that you have. Don't leave it there alone. Then um, promote it outside if you want to make you know, a bit of virtuous circle of that content helping you. Pal Bartoli, Global Marketing Director at Unilever, Alex Kenning, the producer on the project here at Fresh Air. Thank you very much. It's been really, really interesting to talk to you. And if you want to find out how Fresh Air might be able to help you create a fantastic podcast for your brand, please do get in touch. We're at freshairproduction.co.uk. In the meantime, I'm Neil Cowling. Thank you very much for listening.